Welcome back to the Stay in the Game podcast. I am your host, Trevor Field, physical therapist and owner of Form and Function Physical Therapy in Rancho Cucamonga, California. We're back with episode five of the Stay in the Game podcast, and uh, this is going to be a good one, guys, so I want you to tune in listen to the end. Uh, we've got another special guest in this one. So if you didn't catch our last one, we had our very first guest, Dr. Tina Wang of Tupelo Point Healing Arts. Uh, if you have any indication of uh, a really specific need uh, for a performance arts physician, somebody who can uh, provide some significant interventions, I want you to check that out because she does some really innovative things. So look back at our episode four, but episode five is on its way and we've got strength and conditioning coach, specialist, um, motivation uh, guru, Rod Richard. Um, Rod and I share uh, one thing very uh, closely in common and that uh, is that we commonly get our last name. People add an S to it. So I'm Trevor Field. He's Rod Richard. I'm constantly called Fields. He's, I have, you can listen close to uh, our interview. I sneak a Richards in there too. So I'm as guilty as the next person, but stay tuned for that. Um, you know, we're rolling right into summer and you would not believe, uh, how busy we're getting, uh, with the end of school sports coming. Um, uh, this episode is really dedicated to the athletes. So want you to hear all about what's going on there. So we are getting packed and the, the fun new, uh, clients that are coming through the door, we're getting a lot of lacrosse lately. So, um, Previously a really fringe sport, it's really catching on, catching fire down here in Southern California, and some of the injuries that are are common to it are really starting to show up in our clinic. And another for our uh, uh, adults, we're starting to see more pickleball injuries. So if you're um, formerly a tennis player, badminton, got one of those that I'm treating right now too, but um, these people are finding their way to pickleball. So all that pivot cut um, short area quickness demands. We're starting to see a lot of lower body and back issues. So, um, yeah, everything's really popping off. And, uh, if you haven't been following us, uh, you probably also found out that we are also hiring. We're trying to bring more staff on board. So I want you to check out uh, our page. Um, if you know anybody who would be interested in, uh, our, the positions we have to offer, yeah, simply inquire or send them our way. And we'd, uh, we'd love to see if they'd be a fit for our business. So, all right, stay tuned. We're about to pop it off. All right, we are live with Coach Rod Richards. He's uh, uh, a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I've known him for going on like seven years through EM Speed and Power in Rancho Cucamonga, which is kind of our home base with form and function physical therapy. So uh, welcome, Rod Richards, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, I introduced you as a kind of a strength and conditioning coach, but a lot of people don't know kind of differences between like personal trainers, people who get like these weekend certifications and all these other things. I want to kind of hit on some of that and kind of your education and why you would be like, uh, you know, qualified to do what you do. So. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I guess the, probably the biggest difference between, like you said, like the weekend certifications, um, for personal training, most, not most, I hate to say most, but personal training it's it's like um people kind of get into personal training through their own personal motivations um you know you might lose some weight and then you know you want to help other people lose weight so you become a personal trainer right or you really like working out um and so you 
you go, like say on the weekend, uh, you do a couple of workouts with a group of people, they give you an open book test and uh, you pass and now you're qualified to tell people what to do. Um, with strength and conditioning, um, it's, it's generally focused towards athletes. Um, I would say 99% of the time it's athlete focused. Um, but most of the strength and conditioning certification bodies require that you have uh, at least a bachelor's degree in something related to kinesiology um, or, or sports medicine in some regard. Um, and so it, it's really more education in it. Um, not only that, but it's a tougher field to crack into. Um, you definitely have to have more than just a like to work out or, uh, you know, you just lost weight, right? There's definitely a lot more into it. Um, there's a lot of science that goes into it, um, that, you know, the average personal trainer may not have. Right. I mean, cause what I also see is like, usually the people who are looking for advice, they go to the most ripped dude in the gym. Cause he must know something, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like the wild west when it comes to training right now it's like finding people who are actually knowledgeable that can you know handle what it is that you're looking to get done so it's kind of funny the way that all works out so you were actually a college athlete too what uh what did you do so i played uh college football so i played at uh, michigan tech university in uh in houghton michigan way 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 up north um but yeah, I played football in, in college, played a little baseball in high school, but, but football is, is what I love to do. Yeah. So you mentioned baseball. That was a uh, uh, part of your journey as well. What, uh, what did you do in training with baseball? Uh, I worked with the, uh, the New York Mets uh, as a minor league strength and conditioning coach for a season and a half. It should have been, should have been two seasons, but it would only end up being a season and a half. Um, so I, I worked with uh, three or four, I was four minor league teams. Um, you know, you're there during spring training, so you get to work with everybody. Um, but then, you know, in my, in my season and a half, I got to kind of bounce around all the way from, from rookie, uh, up to double a. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, between kind of obviously the, the higher levels of things, I mean, minor league guys are obviously they're, they're hungry to get where they need to be and they need, uh, that guidance too, because these guys are young coming through that, that side of things that can be kind of drafted out of high school and, and just not have that body built, uh, to, to get to the next levels of things. So, I mean, obviously that's a, a massive resume to kind of, you know, gain kind of some credibility dealing with kind of the professional levels of things, uh, obviously being inside a, a 30,000 square foot athletic training facility with pro guys running in and out of there nonstop. But, uh, obviously the youth sports side of things has kind of blown up, particularly in Southern California. Um, how have you seen that kind of evolved over your, uh, your years in, in the game? Yeah. So I would say when I first got into it, I actually started as a personal trainer and this is, this is funny, but I started as a personal trainer and, uh, I was actually coaching football and there, this is like 2006 or seven. There's like nothing around. Like there's no, there's no gyms like, like EM, for example, there's no real fitness facilities. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple guys training people in the park, um, but as far as like what athletes are doing to train, they're going to, to gyms to work with personal trainers or, you know, somebody's dad is, is, uh, you know, was a good athlete at one time. And so now he's teaching everybody in the neighborhood how to be like him. Right. Um, and over the last 
10 or 15 years, it's like absolutely exploded. I mean, there are, are athletic performance facilities. It's like a, on every corner, you know what I mean? There's one in every city. Uh, in most cities, or especially the bigger cities, there's three or four. Um, but the beauty of Southern California is, is the weather's great, right? And there's tons of athletes. So, you know, even though you may have three or four facilities in, in you know, in one city, each facility has hundreds of athletes that are super successful. Um, and so it's, it's a really, really thriving and booming business. Um, and I don't think it's going to slow down. It's only going to get, you know, bigger and bigger. Right. So, I mean, it, it's definitely that way here. I mean, it's totally, you know, obviously, as you said, blown up, but I mean, there's still kind of some of the old mindset of like starting these youth athletes at, at such a young age that, oh, aren't you going to stunt their growth? It's kind of the common kind of theme of these things that you hear. So, I, I mean, I want you to kind of dispel some myths on that or just clarify based on kind of your um, experience and your knowledge base and your education. Yeah, I, I think with anything, man, you, you obviously have to do it smart. There, there's some things that I wouldn't advise. You know, if you got your eight-year-old and some kind of interested in getting them into training, I wouldn't be loading up the bar and putting it on their back. Or, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be doing some of those things that you see professional athletes doing. I think that was a, kind of a big problem, especially when I first started. It was like everybody was doing what Nebraska was doing, right? Like you know, the Husker strength program was like the biggest thing in the world. And like every kid that worked out was training like a Nebraska football player. Um, and that's obviously not safe because you, you're talking about, you know, the top, you know, two or three percent of the, the athletes in the country go there or have the opportunity to play for that team. And now you got your eight year old trying to do the same workouts. Right. Um, but as far as the stunting your growth i mean that that's that's bro science right like it, it's not it, it doesn't doesn't really exist um you know i think training in some regards actually can help your growth right we're talking about like bone density and things like that um help you in the in the long run so when you're talking about training a younger athlete there's definitely some smarter ways to do it but you know pulling back the the rubber band so to speak and holding them off until they get to high school is putting them at, at more of a disadvantage than you are helping them um be, especially in southern california with the competition being the way it is um you've got kids or we've got kids now like you know parents are beating down the door for six-year-olds to come train with us right and we're like you know holding them back because at that age it's you know it's organized play so to speak right. um but you know the more competitive things get, the younger these kids get training and the smarter you have to be about what you do. But just know that like stunting your growth, you know, people look at gymnasts, and they're like, oh, gymnasts are all small. It's not because they train a lot. It's because it's, it's what works for their sport. Just like basketball players are tall, right? Like it just works better for their sport. So it's not necessarily about stunting their growth. If you're going to be tall, you're going to be tall. Like that, that, that's not how it works. Exactly. I mean, the, the people who stick with gymnastics are the ones who didn't grow out of the sport, more or less. So, exactly. so I mean, definitely that's the case. I mean, obviously, um, we talked about the eight-year-old who, you know, you don't want to do the Nebraska, um, the Husker strength and conditioning kind of side of things. But, like, it, the other side of that becomes, like, the 15-year-old who's super uncoordinated and doesn't have the right proper movement. It's like, well, we can't put that kid into that program either. So those are some of the bigger mistakes that I see. And the thing right. I see kind of throughout this is, like, 
how I kind of try to tell people and like for a podcast, it's not ideal because you're going to have to use your imagination and think about this, but basically like a pyramid and you break that pyramid into thirds, the bottom part of that pyramid, the foundation of that athlete is their movement. And if they don't move properly, then how do you get to that next level of pyramid, which is where I feel like that strength and conditioning piece is because if you don't move well, you can't optimize your strength and conditioning. And the very top third of that pyramid is the skill and the time that parents and people invest in kind of developing an athlete, all the money and the resources and the time moves into properly kind of developing skill. And it's never with the strength. Of, well, not never now, obviously, because this is kind of blown up in the strength and conditioning side of things, but less time and attention is spent in the strength and conditioning and almost none, unless you're injured, comes into moving properly. So, right. Right. Yeah. I, I tell parents uh, a lot, like when you're talking about what you do with your young athlete and, and comparing them to like these, cause it's, it's easy. You look on Instagram or you look on social media and you see these like advanced programs. Right. And I'm like, you wouldn't take uh, a Honda civic and hitch it to a trailer. Like it, you know what I mean? That Honda's engine just isn't ready for that trailer. Now, if you build that Honda up or maybe you put a bigger engine in it, um, then you can start to to start to tow some things, right? But if you're going to start to tow some things, then we got to think about okay, we got to worry about the brakes on this thing now, right? Like we've got it stronger, but now is it going to be able to handle what we've put on that, right? And so, you know, before we put the cart before the horse, let's build the horse up, right? Yeah. Let's build the horse up and get get stronger, and like you say, kind of work on that that bottom level of, of movement and get that movement quality to be efficient and effective and then we can start to to load it a little bit more um and then get more you know more specific or or start to do more uh of the things that are going to be next level so to speak exactly exactly so what are some other mistakes that you see people make when they're trying to get into kind of conditioning programs or kind of the hey they think they want this one thing but they actually need something that <laughs> you know because now you're sitting here having this conversation trying to educate people are coming in like way back in the day it was like i want to increase my vertical jump do you have a vertimax well <laughs> maybe that's not where we need to start uh, but like what are the mistakes that you see commonly when you're trying to you know get somebody in and and you know, get everybody on the same page with, with that goal. Um, I, I think the the first thing, and this is, this used to get me in trouble earlier because I wasn't as, as smooth in my delivery. Um, it's honesty, right? I think you have to be really honest about where you're, where you are, where your athlete is physically right now, right? Like I, I know we all have dreams and goals of where we want to be. We also have to think about where we are right now, right? Like your athlete may not be ready for the program you think they need. So we're going to have to do some assessing and kind of see where we're at right now. Once we do that, then we also have to look at, are we looking at programs that are, that are going to fit our athletes needs, right? Like we can, we can put them into a, a program that we know works, but it may not work for them. Right. Like, like I said about the, the Husker program, like that was a football specific program, but like you had swimmers doing it. You had tennis players doing it. You had, you know, you had all these people doing this, but yeah, baseball players doing this bench heavy program. And now people are all, you know, everybody's all messed up and you got more injuries. Right. And so you have to look at, you know, what you want and weigh it against what you actually need. Right. And, and my job is to give people what they need and maybe just enough of what they want to keep them happy. But but we got to give them what they need. And, and it's and it's really important to be honest at the beginning. 
when they first come in, like, hey, look, I, I know you want to work on your vertical, but you you don't, you don't even walk really well. You know what I mean? Your your gait's messed up. Your shoulders are like, there's a bunch of things that we're going to need to to work on before we can put you on the Vertimax because that's only going to like load that bad pattern and make it worse. 100%, 100%. Well, um, I mean, the other side of kind of the strength and conditioning side of things is mindset. And you've got, uh, if anybody spends five minutes following any of your accounts, you're, you're big on the mental side of kind of training and goals and, and motivation. So I want you to speak a bit on, on that side of things. Yeah, I think, I think your mindset is your biggest asset. Um, no matter what sport you play, uh, if you don't play a sport and you're just a, a you know an average Joe, so to speak, um, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, your mindset will get you there before your actions will, right? Like you have to think about, like I said, we're talking about goal setting. If I got an athlete that wants to, uh, you know, make it to college, um, they're going to have to be a little bit of a different thinker than you know maybe some of the kids on their team that are just playing for fun. Um, because your goals are different. Like that kid rolls into practice and they just want to be at practice. Like they just want to be there and hang out and be with their friends. Um, but, but you've got something that you want to accomplish that's above and beyond that. And that goes for, like I said, average Joes too. Like there are people that just go to the gym just because that's a part of their routine. That's just what they do. Like they bought a gym membership in 85 and they've just been rolling in ever since. And most of the time they're talking, right? They're hanging out, they know everybody, but they look the same year in and year out. Right. Like if you've got some specific goals that you're working towards, you can't just go in and hang out with, with Joe from the gym, you know, because Joe from the gym is going to look like Joe from the gym five years from now. Right. And if you're trying to accomplish something, you've got to think differently, act differently, move differently than that person. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So outside of kind of the coaching side of things, like I mentioned kind of your Instagram accounts, but um, you're not just the the strength and conditioning guy. You're not just the, the motivate, go to the go to the Instagram to be the, the source of motivation. What else you got going on? I know you got like a million things going on. <laughs> it's probably going to take the double the length of this podcast today, but tell tell the world what you got going on in your life right now. I'll, I'll try to keep it, keep it brief. So, so I, you know, I am a strength conditioning coach um, because of that. I really got into the, the motivational side of things because um, it's really hard to get, you know, like football, for example, it's hard to get 110 guys on the same page, right? And so you have to kind of get them, you can mentally get them on the same page, right? Because we can all talk about, we all have the same goal, we all want to win a championship. So I got really into the mental performance side of things. Um, and so I, I, you know, on along with being a strength and conditioning coach, I'm not a motivational speaker at all, uh, but I definitely speak about motivation. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that, that I'm doing. I'm actually, this is something I've been working on over the last, I don't know, year since we had the academy program at the school, um, a mental performance curriculum. Um, and I'm actually in talks with a couple of, couple of high schools right now about trying to roll that out to their, to their student athletes. Um, so that's, you know, fingers crossed going to be something that's really good because I think that's the missing piece, you know, like, um, we all go to practice, we lift weights, we run, we jump, we do all this training, we do the, the tactical work, we play the sport. Um, but the difference between, you know, the good athletes and the great athletes has got to be upstairs, right? Because all else being equal, the, the kid with the better mindset is going to be the one that wins, right? And so that's something that I'm working on. Um, 
outside of strength conditioning, I do do some some online personal training, um, mostly dealing with with fathers, busy dads who are trying to lose that last 20 to 30 pounds, uh, you know, been struggling with the dad bod, um, you know, while, you know, building their business, but losing their fitness kind of thing. Um, and so I, I've been doing that for the last year and it's been really good, really successful. Um, I also am, I have two podcasts. So one, my wife and I have been doing um, for a while that that's more um, mental performance kind of based. Um, it's the meditation, motivation and movement podcast. So we, we do talk about meditation. My wife is a, a clinical therapist and a social worker. Um, so she kind of takes care of some of the, the you know, mental health part of it. And I cover the, the physical, physical health. And then we kind of meet in the middle on the motivation. Um, and then just recently, I just recorded the first episode. I haven't published it yet, but I just recorded the first episode of the For Fit Fatherhood uh, podcast. And so I, um, I kind of realized, other than strength and conditioning, right, I realized what my real purpose is, 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 is being a father. So, so eight years ago, I was lucky enough to, to have my first daughter. And uh, prior to that, I was just kind of just doing things right just doing the next thing like this is going to be it that's kind of how i ended up with the mess was like i was working somewhere and i was like okay this is the next thing okay this is what i'm going to do and then i did something else and then you know finally uh, you know my wife told me she was pregnant and i was like this wow that's it this is it right here like being a father is the most important thing that i'm ever going to do um and if i feel that way i know there's other guys that feel that way and so i'm going to continue to share what i learned about fatherhood um and so i'm going to be you know bringing on some some guys to interview um and what i consider to be kind of the four most important things in fatherhood which is uh obviously family um fitness finance right there, there's 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 really important parts of all those things um that we have to build in ourselves and then leave for our, our children right like leave a legacy for them so those are some of the things i got some other things that are kind of like you know further off down the line but those are the things that are kind of front front center right now um so yeah that that that's kind of all of it in a nutshell beautiful so if anybody's trying to uh, get a hold of you if you got the the dads listening in or they want to get their kids trained or how, how do people approach you get a hold of you uh access your uh your accounts, your uh, podcasts, how do people get a hold of you? I think the the catch all for, for kind of everything um, is is Instagram, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm on every social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, all that stuff, right? But like everything kind of kind of comes to a point on my Instagram and it's uh, at you can call me coach, uh, the letter U. Um, and that kind of started because when I first started coaching, I have two first names, right? Like Roderick and Richard. And so they, they, kids didn't know where they call me Coach Rod or Coach Coach Richard. So I was just like, just call me Coach. Um, and that's kind of kind of where everything goes. Um, I have other handles. Um, fatherhood specifically is at Forfeit Fatherhood. Um, there's a bunch of stuff, right? Like my personal training one is is at Potential for Performance. Um, but everything kind of comes to a head at you can call me Coach probably the easiest way to get in touch with me because I'm always on there, um, you know, posting content um, like, you know, four or five times a day at this point, just because I have all these different things going on. And so I got to get it out. <laughs> yeah, you're just blasting it, man. So you're doing great. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, hopefully we've learned a bit and uh, we can fill up your schedule, man, helping people uh, achieve their goals. Dad's doing what they need to do. Get fit. Absolutely. 
Thanks for joining us, Rod. So there it was, our interview with Rod Richard. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, we're dedicated to try to find uh, some of the top folks in uh, the field of healthcare, sports, training, um, you know, healthcare, just to kind of, uh, you know, make sure that you guys know what's going on out in the community to build a community for you guys so you can have resources to go to if you have needs of our services. So, um, you know, it's just an honor to do that for you guys. But, um, Staying on that vein of, of sports and sport injury, I wanted to kind of uh, share my own personal story of uh, sport and uh, sport injuries. So, yeah, indeed, uh, as I was coming up, uh, I grew up in rural Minnesota, and uh, being in a smaller town, you're really, you know, if you were an athlete um, or even remotely athletic, you really had to participate in a lot of the uh, programs that were available. Otherwise, the school really couldn't uh, have a sports program. So I played football, baseball, basketball for the uh, for the high school. And uh, my senior year of high school, uh, playing quarterback, uh, after taking just uh, a new uh, number of hits, I ended up dealing with uh, some subluxation or partial dislocation issues in my shoulder that eventually leaded to a labral tear. So the labrum is a, a, a pad of cartilage that sits between the upper arm and the shoulder blade. And that socket having you know, having the bone slide in and out, that impact of the bone going back in actually caused a tear of the cartilage. So I was having a lot of pain throwing and I, I you know, limped through my senior season knowing that I actually had a tear, knowing that I was going to be uh, set for surgery, um, leaving my senior year and, and just, you know, was left with a lot of unknowns as to whether or not I could pursue baseball. Baseball was my number one sport and uh, had some opportunities, had some looks from colleges, worked out with the Cincinnati Reds with a local tryout when I was 16 years of age. So having a shoulder injury and, and that kind of side of the unknown was really, you know, unnerving. I really didn't have, um, being in that uh, small town in rural Minnesota, not a lot of resources, not a lot of people to lean on, to get advice from, to get high levels of rehab. A lot of what I did was, you know, just put in the work I knew to do and just work as hard as I could to kind of get where I needed to get. But, um, you know, um, in terms of having that level of experience and wanting to share uh, my own experience, making sure that nobody else gets has to go through and 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 you know be left with the uh, the questions that that come along with should I be doing this? Should I not? I'm really out here, kind of dedicated to make sure that um, you guys have the best resources available to get you the the best possible outcome you have. So for me. I worked through as far as I could get and, you know, to this day, I still play. So I found a way to self-manage two shoulder surgeries at the age of 18 to still continue to play at a competitive level um, out in Orange County. So our season just started up, uh, happy to say, finally getting on the mound uh, after the pandemic. We had a couple of uh, um, practices pre-pandemic before everything shut down, so I really hadn't... Uh, you know, been playing competitively since last March and, uh, happy to say we've started our season two and oh, um, have been on the mound and, and am still feeling good to this day. So, um, I am my own walking billboard to tell you that, um, maintenance, having the proper movement of your body is, is critical to be able to pursue the sport for as long as you want to pursue it. So, um, and I challenge anybody to have, um, you know, that level of, of dedication, of that level of experience. When you're looking for a, a PT provider, 
you want somebody who understands your problem. If you're dealing with sport, it isn't necessarily going to the doctor and being told to wait two weeks or, um, you know, just rest when particularly in Southern California, those things are really never an option. It's never an option because there's always the next game, the next showcase, the next thing. There's just, it's such a highly competitive environment that you're always concerned that one, does your coach now see you as somebody who, um, they can't depend on because you're just not available. Um, and I always take that back to kind of the, the Brett Favre side of things. Brett Favre, uh, NFL football player, um, holds the record of consecutive games played. Um, <clears throat> those statements were <clears throat> sometimes your best of, of ability is your availability. Just constantly being there and somebody to be able to be counted upon that when your number is called, you're going to be there. So that's our goal to make sure that you're available to be able to play. And because this has become such a year-round thing, um, I commonly see these mistakes of, of not figuring out when to properly rest, how to maintenance your body between practice, after games, after tournaments. So we want to be that resource. We're working on putting out all of this content for you guys so you can always have access to the most updated, the most accurate, the most effective um, warm-up strategies, recovery strategies, even coming in and getting some maintenance sessions done. So that's really what we've dedicated ourselves to at Form and Function when it comes to um, our motto and obviously the name of the podcast, Stay in the Game. That's what we love to do. So um, if you're dealing with or struggling with any kind of injury, if you're playing year-round, and particularly with um, our softball gals, um, particularly pre-high school, if you're in a really competitive league, if you think about it, even playing five games a weekend is not unheard of. And when you end up playing year round, that turns into 150 games a year. That's what professional players play, but they get three months off. So I want you to understand if we're pre, um, pre-puberty, where we still have open growth plates, we're still having immature skeletal tissues, um, that can cause an incredible amount of wear and tear. So optimizing your body, making sure things move appropriately so we can remove stress from your body because you're just continuously playing. You know, we understand we're the ones to get you where you need to be. So uh, if you have questions on any of that stuff, reach out to us. We're full of resources, full of information, and we can get you what it is that you need. And when it comes to getting what you need, uh, people often default to what products they need to get. So that's why we've developed uh, a recommended products page on our website and our product of the month that we wanted to highlight was a cupping set. So cupping has been around for a long time. How long? Well, medical textbooks all the way dating back to 1550 BC. So almost 3,600 years ago uh, was the first indication of when cupping has been around. And the purpose of cupping, you see kind of these suction cup marks that uh, really became incredibly popular uh, a few Olympic cycles ago with Michael Phelps. People were seeing him in the pool with all of these uh, suction cup marks uh, all over his shoulders and upper back. Uh, And the purpose of that really is that negative pressure, that sucking of the the tissue up into the cup helps decompress the tissue. Drawing the skin up into it can help 
um, separate the the adhesions that occur between the skin and fascia layers to improve circulation, to improve mobility, to help with pain modulation. So cupping has been a really effective tool for us, one that we've used for an incredibly long period of time, um, really starting to see it pop up almost everywhere. But um, really you want to obviously always be in the hands of the most medically educated people when you're applying these things. So um, we would love to get you into uh, your own cupping set so you're not necessarily subjected to, um, you know, potentially substandard uh, application of the cups. So if you need to know where to place it, how long to place it, how hard you should be drawing that tissue up into it, how frequent, how many times you can do it, We'd love to get you all that education so you can get the best out of your cupping set. So go ahead and check it out. We're over at formfunctionpt.com at our website and head over to that existing patients page and drop on down into the recommended products. You'll find that cupping set amongst every other recommended product that we use. Um, and our health tip and trick of the month is going to stay in the vein of our sports injury and sports injury prevention side of things, and that is the thrower's warm-up. So commonly what I see, particularly down in the youth levels, um, we're actually starting to see this change a little bit, fortunately. But um, the warm-up that I see um, even kids doing to this day to just pick up a ball and begin throwing to warm up. So just to begin a light toss and keep moving those muscles to the point of getting hot. So for me, the mistake is we don't throw to warm up. We have to warm up to throw. So we've actually developed a series and sequence that we love to do to get the upper body warmed up to try to get ready to throw a ball. So we've posted that over on our YouTube page. So we're going to Share the link down at the bottom of this uh, podcast. I want you to check that thing out. Uh, go on through that thrower's warm-up if you indeed play softball, basketball, water polo, if you're a tennis player, any overhead athlete, volleyball. These are wonderful things for you to do to try to prep your tissues for use so you don't end up injured. So go check that out over on our YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash formfunctionpt. And that leads us to our monthly promotion. And I wanted to uh, extend this offer and actually uh, have a, a, a longer lead time for this. So I'm really going to extend this all the way out to June 20th. And that is our buy one, give one offer. Generally, people buy one, get one. We're going to buy one, give one. And that's if you are paying for a full price assessment or treatment, uh, you will get that same rate given away to one of your friends and family so you can share it uh, and split the cost with that other client. You can be um, just magnanimous and generous and, and give that full session away. But however you want to do it, we're giving a buy one, give one offer all the way through June 20th. And this is really perfect for an active couple who both want to continue to stay active, working out, stay in the gym, continue to be active. If you're having aches, pains, or otherwise, it's really a perfect offer for you. If you're somebody who's on a team where multiple teammates may be having some issues, it would be great to split those appointments up and be able to get both of those teammates taken care of. If you're a family with multiple children in sport, uh, this is a, yet another perfect opportunity to get both of these kids taken care of and do it at a discount. So the buy one, give one offer all the way through June 20th, 2021. And our question of the month actually comes from a phone inquiry we got just a couple weeks back. And that was somebody who was really, after investigating what options were available for them to get started, was really wondering 
why their in-network provider wasn't able to provide a really customized option like we were able to provide them uh, when we were just explaining what it was that we did over the phone. And the simple answer is this. Um, when you get an in-network insurance involved, um, they don't really have any accountability in the equation to get you better. Um, truly, when it's just you and I, you're my customer and my job is to serve you. When you go to in-network, um, really that provider is working for the insurance company. You're the customer of the insurance. The PT provider is working for the insurance company. So really they're doing things to satisfy the insurance in terms of having to spend the time to document, to try to gain reimbursement uh, from the insurance company. They're not focused 100% on your health. There's so many things that are getting in the way when third parties get involved, the hoops to jump through. It's just much more difficult to provide the level of quality, to provide the level of options and customizability to your programs in terms of length of session, uh, what we do within those sessions. That's between you and me if you're coming to a clinic like ours. At Form and Function Physical Therapy, our dedication is to what finding out what your goal is and you know moving heaven and earth to make sure that you're getting the outcome that you're looking to get. So that's our answer to the question of the month is why can we be so multiple in our offerings where uh, in a lot of cases you go in network and you're stuck with a canned protocol. So there it is, wrapping up episode five of the Stay in the Game podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're dealing with any kind of sport injuries, if you have questions, if you have concerns, feel free to reach out to us. We're an open book. We want to help you stay in the game. So if you liked this podcast, go ahead and uh, shoot us a like, give us a comment, share it out to your friends and family. We will catch you next month with another exciting episode of the Stay in the Game podcast. 